Hey guys, uh, my name is Owe Cooperlong. I am 22 years old. I work currently work at an advertising agency. Have my own advertising agency, Kaizen Advertising, and really diving into automation. It's Kellen, and today on, I think this is going to go on Diversified Game, but if you see it on any of my other platforms, you know, Kellen Cash, Work Break Conversations, it's just because I need everybody to hear this. I'm going to be sharing this story for those of you who say you want to live the African dream. I don't have a Keem, but I have OE on, and he is going to give us the game because I got connected through him because his grandmother is going for sainthood. And has hooked me up in Sierra Leone and just cleared my mind. But he has lived in Africa. His father is a full-blown Nigerian, does business. But we're going to always promote Africa, but also talk about the, the realistic, you know, Africa. Not the dream that so many of you say, oh, I just can't wait till I get to Africa and all my problems that you're going to bring with you to Africa. <laughs> Uh, just they won't all end in Africa. Some will, but not all. So welcome to the show, my bruv. How you doing? No, I'm good. Uh, this year has been amazing. Uh, coming out of just a world being closed down. And it, it's crazy how it's, how everything's being portrayed, just even in South Africa and how like lockdowns are still happening there and speaking to my mom and how she's living out there compared to like in the U.S., but yeah, everything's well, been you, good this year. When the pandemic started, were you already in the States or were you still in South Africa? So yeah, I, I moved to the States in 2016, um, born and raised in South Africa, Johannesburg specifically, grew up in the suburbs um, of like Bryanston, Polzolf, if, if, you, if you want to get into the specifics. But yeah, I grew up in the suburbs, went to uh, the school called Ravonia Primary School. Instead of middle school in the States, it's called primary school. Um, then I, I moved to, like it was my high school year, 11th grade. I was done in South Africa, moved to the States to finish my senior year. And yeah, I just wanted to pursue my dream of becoming a basketball player. And it was it was just interesting taking a jump because of the basketball still blowing up in Africa as a whole. And I want to jump, like get into like the NBA moving to Africa, like and them forming their own league, because this should have been happening 10, 20 years ago. It should have already been a thing. And the NBA had, shouldn't have had to come in for that to have been established. But I player and I wanted to take my skills to LA and like test that out and see if I like could actually compete like with the best of the best. Um, so yeah, I moved out to LA in 2016, end of the year, um, went to Beverly Hills high school. That's like, even like going to Beverly Hills high school is like, it was such a, a culture shock for me. Um, my mom's from LA. So 
I've kind of like lost my accent in a way, but even when I was younger, I always had like a little bit of a, an American accent and just watching American TV, even being in South Africa was so interesting and listening to all the slang and yeah, it was just interesting how the cultures are so different, but similar in, in some ways. Very, very. Let me ask, because I can already, somebody's going to ask. They're going to say, wait, but he sounds like he is an American, but he was born and raised yeah. in South Africa. Can you let the people know, um, you know, nationality wise, because is it like America? Because I don't think South Africa has the same rules. Like if you're born in America, you're an American. Do they give you a South African citizenship residency or do they see you kind of as an outsider if your parents aren't South African? So I was I was granted like immediate citizenship in South Africa specifically. Um, so on my passport, even now it says um, on my American passport, it says born in South Africa, Johannesburg. Um, so yeah, I was immediately given citizenship. And then my dad uh, is Nigerian. But as soon as I was born, I was also given, given American citizenship. I think they, they changed the rule now um, when it comes to getting citizenship. Because my mom was, you have to be, have lived within the States. Uh, like my mom would have had to have lived within the States in a certain time period for me to get citizenship, like now, like nowadays. But it's changed now. That rule's changed. And you can get, mm. yeah. Okay, okay. So, you know, I guess South Africa would call them anchor babies, whatnot, like in America when people come over here, usually just to work, y'all, and, you know, try to make it happen. Yeah. Now, talking about the NBA in Africa, you know, I've only seen the advertising. I haven't been able to go to a game. Have you been able to check out a game? Have you been able to see, like, the opportunities for it just starting? I don't know if South Africa even had a team. Um, do you mean, like, a national team or just – well? Well, like a, um, I know they have a national team for the Olympics, but with the NBA coming to Africa, the way that I vision it, I'm going to be like, okay, we're going to have the South African, you know, Golden State Warriors or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So that, that has, that's what I mean. It hasn't really been advertised in that way. Um, I think the biggest things have been like basketball without borders that have come to South Africa specifically. When I was at the school, like high school I went to, they were actually, they came to my high school and um, the year before I was there and they came the year after. And even on the courts, they paint, uh, NBA painted on our courts, Basketball Without Borders, um, the hoops and everything were sponsored by the NBA. And yeah, Kyrie Irving killing it right now, but he was in like my school. I saw pictures like of him playing on the same court. So like just seeing that inspiration and like, um, seeing players, Joel Embiid, he was at the exact same camp, I think during 2012, 2013, like during that same time. And it's just crazy to see like that his dream becoming a reality and him like being a star playing in the NBA like he is now. And it makes, I, I fully see the impact of like what he's doing. Giannis Antetokounmpo, like what he's doing, uh, being in the NBA and being a Nigerian born player in the nba okay okay so it's not even it's not there yet i didn't i didn't know no I, I was like you know i was like man when we get all the teams and they start you know um really pushing it but you know everything in 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 small steps 
And um, that, that, that's a, a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah, I think it should have happened a long time ago. You know, I think if you're going to call yourself like world champions, you should play the world personally. You know, that's my opinion. Kind of like the World Cup, right? The World Cup, you got to play the world. Yeah. Um, only in America does our world stop at Canada um, and, and L.A. We don't even let Mexico get in the game. You know, don't even let Cuba get in the game. Dominican Republic, you know, let them play since we're taking their players. Tell me, when you talk to Americans and you tell them you grew up in South Africa, um, the education has, have things improved? Cause you're, you're 20, you know, 22. I remember when they were telling people, oh, your English is so well. And even now yeah. when I tell people I'm a dual, you know, citizen, they're like, oh, you, you know, um, how long have you been here? I'm like, man, I'm from here. You better, I, I built this. What you talking about? My folks built this. Yeah. So talk about just how you're, you know, kind of the feedback Americans overall give you and then how do black Mer Americans receive you because you know their world is might be a little different and to hear Africa is like oh but they might tell you what white folks tell me you speak so well like Riley in the boondock so how how is it when you say I'm from South Africa um I think to the average person until they really hear my background and just hear experiences that I've had, then you can fully get the gist. But I, I would speak to like a story of when I was younger and I um, visited LA. And it was interesting because my mom was from LA and I was like a little kid. I was like seven years old. And I was telling my cousins like, oh, I'm South African. And they they kind of felt sorry for me. They're like, you're from South Africa? It's like, shame. You're not going to have, um, you're probably like staying in like some small little shack i'm sure in their heads or you're like are you riding elephants to school and like all these kind of things but then when they heard my english it's like oh are you from um england are you like uh are you from these places and for me i was like so confused i'm like if only in my head i'm like what are you talking about like i live i think a, a really good life um we had like a, a like a pretty um like big ho house in south africa like the real estate that you can get out there for the price amazing some houses that are better than the states like anywhere in the states um but how people receive me now i would say i would have to yeah they everyone thinks i like i just speak really pro uh, like proper and black americans i think like african americans specifically they receive me as like an outsider too in a way like because culturally i never like grew up in the in the hood i don't have that my like dad instilled this in me i don't have that like i went to morehouse college which is an hbcu in atlanta and i saw this like prevalently um like people trying to like claim that they were like from the hood and like really be in that struggle like and if you weren't in that part of like some sort of struggle um like growing up then you're not black and that's like how you prove your your blackness in a way which is crazy to think of it's like why do i have to be hard to be black but you can get it double a double portion because africans may look at you and you might not be ever african enough because you didn't go through the struggle maybe you didn't have to go get your water and wash your clothes and wear you know and share clothes so it's like something about that struggle everybody wants to tell the struggle story 
you know, everybody was homeless at one point, right? Whatever homeless the definition is, because white folks, black, everybody, if you talk Chinese folks, oh no, you're from, you're from, you know, this part of China. And if you have friends from all over, you're like, oh, all people want to have that conqueror warrior story. We're just in our circle where we might see more black folk. So you're as black as anybody else. You had nothing to do about that. Um, you know, thank God what do you, how do you conquer, you know, immigrants, when they come over here, they win because they understand I got to work hard because no one's giving me anything. When yeah. you come here, do you get that privilege or do you have to go back to South Africa <laughs> to get your American privilege is what I call it. And we definitely get it when we open our mouth in Africa, you know. I would say, and it's it's interesting for me because I'm tech, technically literally three nationalities and I have like these three different perspectives and I grew up in all these three different areas. I like to reference myself as like one of my favorite fighters, Israel Adesanya uh, has this like tattooed like on him and I relate to it so much. He, he born and raised in Nigeria, moved out to New Zealand. And his tattoo says broken native. And that's honestly how I feel in a way too. Like wherever I go in the world, I know that I won't, like I, I will always stand out wherever I am in the world. And you can't put me in a box. And I think a lot of the times, like we try to be like, this is what a South African should be like. This is what a Nigerian should be like. This is what um, this type of an American should be like. And for me, when I when I go to South, when I go to South Africa, then I'm a foreigner. When I go come to America, like I'm an immigrant. I, like, and when I go to Nigeria, I'm an immigrant because I don't speak the languages either. My dad um, is from the uh, Igbo tribe, and like in, in Nigeria specifically. And he, I wish I still like get mad at him until this day that he didn't teach me. Like growing up, my mom like would because now when I go back to Nigeria, it's like, I don't have that relatability to my family, like uh, my dad's side of the family. I can't communicate with them the way I would want to. Um, but yeah, it's just like being broke, like a broken native in that way and embracing it. That's been the biggest thing. You said he was Igbo and hold on. Morgan, shout out. I, I, I got it. I got to do that for my super eagles out there. Um, you know, they, they know I love Toby and fat, but um, I, I it, it's, it's interesting that you say that because in a place where, you know, black Americans run to the Caribbean or run to Africa and say, Oh, I belong but you're still not a local and you 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 might never be like your mindset you you've been exposed to maybe it's the future how did you like settle mentally with that because growing up you know kids are always trying to fit in young people are always trying to fit in and, and get in where we fit in and you, you talk funny in all places i can relate how, how did like how did you get over that hump to be comfortable with that if you've even got there yet I would say maybe when I was younger, like even the name that I have, Owe, my full name is Owe Lavior. When a teacher was like raised, um, like same thing in class, like if anyone, a teacher would say my name, even in South Africa, it's like they, no one knew how to pronounce it. And that has always been like a, a key sign for me. Like, 
you're different. You're different. It's okay. Like, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. And my, the structure that my parents gave me, both my parents and just telling me, my dad telling me um, his history and his culture and even taking me to Nigeria and um, meeting um, like my family, his side of the family and just getting rooted in who I am. Same thing with my able to travel and like see both perspectives and the the strong like rootedness that my parents gave me and belief in myself like no victim mentality a lot of people have like a victim mentality in so many different aspects of their lives but i i just fully embraced like who i was and who i am as a person and it's it's a continuing journey it's a continuing journey and like the older I've gone, the more comfortable I've gone. Um, when I was younger, I was like very, like very dark. I still am. And like, that was a struggle in itself. Like, I don't know if people like get into this and it's crazy in Africa. How can it's the same thing I would say in America, like light skins, some, for, for some people, they're like worshiped compared to like a uh, darker complexion people. Uh, and it's like, especially with women too, as well. Um, that's the thing that black people put against each other. And it's, it's frustrating as a kid because it's like, oh, I don't want to be in the sun or, oh, I want to, like I had some friends in high school that I know that like took bleaching cream. And so this is in South Africa, um, like dark, like a little bit lighter than me, which is, um, which is crazy. I'm like, and it's, it goes to just like the complex that a lot of people have and, again, my, my dad would just kind of brainwash, like brainwash me with that positivity. Like you are blessed and you are important and um, you are amazing. Just like continuously in my head. And it's like, it's stuck. Like no one could tell me that I'm not great now. Um, but also just like seeing, seeing the world for myself, like South Africa is, I love South Africa, but don't get me wrong. Like, there's so many pitfalls that it has it's like with the diversity of the different tribes Zulu, Kosa, uh, Indibele and all these, this, this diversity, um, there's still wars that are happening in the country, like due to xenophobia, like literally Africans. So like, let's say, uh, you're Zimbabwean and you, you immigrate to, to South Africa specifically, there's people that are being killed because of, they're being they're, they're the neighboring country. Same thing and not the same thing, but like how Americans are getting annoyed with like the Mexico border. Of, obviously, if you if you immigrate somewhere legally and you're there and you're just bettering the country in that way, like you should be appreciative of that. And there's and that's not happening. Like if there's no right way, you shouldn't you can't justify like killing someone. And that's like that's some of the atrocities that are happening in South Africa that isn't being publicized in the news and it, it frustrates me. I was actually speaking about this, like with my mom, but there, yeah, it's, it's just this balance of um, understanding the history because just all the tribal war, wars that were going on um, between the different tribes and that the mentality of like the people, like if I'm from this tribe, like I'm, I feel like I'm better than you. And I feel like mm -hmm. I, it's kind of like, um, I know in China, they do this like quite a bit. It's like my family name has uh, importance. Like even if I am like wealthy, 
and I don't have a specific uh, last name, then I'm not um, seen as good in a way, if that makes sense. No, it definitely, it's like a, like a form of like a caste system. I mean, your name globally follows you, you know, Nipsey Hussle would talk about it, man. He'd say, you know, last time I checked, there was no smut on my name. You're, you know, Dame Dash talks about how he doesn't hustle for his first name, but his last. And he even in his latest movie put Stacey Dash, who he was beefing with. So your name means a lot, especially when you are a traveler, because you can say a name. I say my wife's name throughout every Cameroon. And oh, I know, I know one of them. Okay. Yeah. You, you know what for Mankey? Put some respect on it. That's how I want my name and my kid's name you know, to be and, and, and whatnot. So let me, let me ask when you're here in the U S we all, when you're in Joburg, you always hear about the violence and the violence in Joburg is nothing like the violence in Chicago or Oakland or LA, but it's, you know, it's not really normal. Where do you feel most safe, most secure in, in Africa? You pick the country are in America or somewhere else? Um, when you say that crime-wise, just crime-wise in general? Like when I'm just- Cri- Crime-wise are just, you know, where you feel safe. Like, where's your place? Your place of like, yeah, I blend right here. This is this is my happy place. That's like such a interesting question. I would say the, the basketball court because I've always, there's like, Game is game, like within the basketball court. But I'll I'll go into the different, like in LA specifically. um, I feel safe. Like yesterday, I was I I ran in the streets, but it's it's different because I would say like when I'm running in LA, like this, I'll tell you a story of of like what happened. And this like it kind of hurt my like hurt me. I was doing this when I was like three years ago. I was doing Postmates, going and delivering food. You can hear me, right? It's still good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, I was going and delivering food, literally in a, um, like a residential area. Um, buzzed on the door. This like white lady comes out. I think she like thought I was maybe trying to like rob her or something like this. And this happened in LA. And she was just like shocked and just like had a heart attack in LA. And I'm like, damn, like that's like that sucks that I have to... Um, not that I have to do anything. It's just like, like people perceive me as this and you can like take that in many ways, but I, I just look at it like that's just the reality of what people see uh, in the media and how like black people are portrayed just in America, even in, in LA, like it, it's possible for that to happen. But I, I try to like use that as a positive outlook at the end of the day, I wasn't, I was not robbing her and I was not like impacting her in that way and just went about my day. But it's like, like those kind of things that do leave scars in your head in a way. But with regards to South Africa too, I can't just roam around like the streets at all. You like, you can't just be walking around like at night, like the same way that I can in LA. Like if I go out with my friends in South Africa, you have to pick up an Uber at the location where you left. You can't just be like around the streets. Um, but like Nigeria, you can like, which is, which is so interesting. Like South Africa is like such a like extreme 
Whereas like Nigeria, I actually like feel like somewhat the most safe in terms of when I've been in Africa in general, like there's no, not that there is no crime, but you don't hear of it. And it's not as brutal as it is in South Africa, specifically the stuff that happens. Um, so I would say the most safe, like LA and um, Nigeria, yeah, Nigeria, the most safe. But when it, when I was in Atlanta, it was interesting. I, I was at an HSBCU, all black college, and you would think that'd be the most safe, but it's like the, the crime and like there was, if I went three, four blocks, um, there's people like that are gang bang, gang banging and like just the the realness of it. And then I didn't feel, yeah, I just did not feel safe like in those environments. Cause it's like, I didn't, I just did not know what was going on. And it, it was so much more like territorial. So that's like, that's how the, the tribal wars that I was speaking about in um, South Africa, it's happening in the U S like right now. And that's something that people don't even go into. There's still, red red and blue um like people that are gravitating towards these things that at the end of the day don't really really matter it's like we're we're all people at the end of the day at all they they don't matter and that's why you know in america many folks are caught up in the black and white the um if that's your world, you know, there, there's people who they're not worried about that. They're, they're more, you know, Mexicans might be worried about folks from Honduras or Colombia or something taking their jobs. Right. Like, it's just crazy yeah. how, 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 how man is. And if you wake, wake up a little bit, you can say, you know what, I can make more money being in all these circles. Um, if you have something to, you know, give the people now you want to have or have an ad agency tell the people why an ad agency what sparked you you know was it your father or was it you know a tv show you watched to say i want an ad agency that looks cool um i think yeah it was it was a little bit of my my dad but also just being on youtube and just being on the internet like people my age we've been on the internet and like just grown up with the internet. Um, and we just fully, I think, get the, the internet and just get the way it works and the opportunities that there is on the internet. My dad's still like, when I t- speak about advertising, he's like, show it to me, like prove it to me. And I'm in that pro- like process of understanding what I want to do in my advertising agency and like what niches I want to get into and just proving the results because a lot of people like, Oh, marketing can work but it's like you have to understand marketing because there's a lot of dollars that are wasted in marketing um but i i just got into experiment like having my dad always told me and my so, so did my mom they were like experiment with everything i think a lot of people aren't doing that enough like the, the in this day and age like we're not getting out of your comfort zone like do i like this kind of thing so i was doing drop shipping um which is basically, if your viewers aren't um, familiar about it, it's you, um, I would create a website um, and advertise a specific product. And until you purchase that website, then I would um, get the product from like a third party and then just send it directly to you. 
Um, and I was experimenting with that, advertising with that, um, advertising on like my own page, like a little bit, advertising on other Instagram pages and just experimenting on like what works, what doesn't work. Then I was doing, um, I tried day trading for a little bit. I tried like doing poker for a little bit. I was, <laughs> I was playing on four different tables at once. Um, like this is while I was in college, like for two months, there were days where I would make $200 in a day, just like the high of that, then you would lose a hundred dollars in a day. Um, but then how, like I, I stuck with advertising and like went back to doing advertising was just a consistent, there's no, the business model of advertising for someone is like, you get paid to do the work before anything happens. So it's like, you would pay me first and then I do the work. It's like, like the way if depending on how you set up your advertising agency, I could in, like my fee could include um, um, the spend, the ad spend that you'd be spending on whatever you're advertising for. So it's like, realistically, there isn't really any overhead for me. It's just the knowledge and the service that I provide and that I know. And that's what I love about it. And also the other thing I love about it is it's location independent. Like I can advertise, I specifically advertise on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, and I've been learning Google ads now, uh, which has been cool and interesting at my job currently. But it's like, I can, I can tra travel to South Africa. I could travel to Nigeria when my business is like fully running and be in these different places, like, and just get that exposure from the world that I like fully desire and like, like fully like want to get, because I feel like, and I had this conversation with my grandma, she spoke about whether it's, and people always like to stereotype with like people, cause I brought, I actually brought this up and she like, she checked me on that. I was like, people in Compton haven't like even been to the beach. And then she was like, people in Beverly Hills haven't even been to, um, like the East coast or like these type of places. So it's like just people in general in America haven't traveled. So it's not like it's just black people haven't traveled. It's like people in general in America are just in this bubble. And I feel like for people to expand their horizons and just grow as people and you grow the most, whenever I speak to someone, they, they honestly don't believe that I'm 22 just because of the like life experience and the experimentation that I've had in my life. Um, but it's, it's grown me the most. So that's how I've, that's why I gravitate towards like having an advertising agency because I want to, the world is my oyster and I want to explore it like through advertising and just be location independent. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something. I wish somebody would have told me at 22 because I knew I wanted to do what I'm doing now since I was like 12. I wrote the vision down and I made it plain. But what, what they don't, what they did not tell me, which later down the line when someone said you're not a publicist you're a business manager you're, you're rocking deals yeah you can put something on Forbes if you want and you can pitch them and do all of that you have all the equipment and the software you know you, you've automated this thing I used to tell my team I don't it's a small team but I'm like I don't need y'all I like the people that I work with but I don't need you I can have these technology do everything for me it can create my thumbnails it can repurpose my stuff it can do you know uh, scission and meltwater and muckrack can do a do a lot but what i wish somebody would have told me was okay it might start with advertising but at the end of the day when you do automate it now you are a whether you want to call yourself a speaker 
a consultant, because you're telling a company, this is what you have to do. This is what it's going to cost you. We're going to do it all for you. Make sure it stays on point. It's going to make you more money. But I already see that there's other things you're going to be able to tell that company. As soon as you stop giving them ads and you start telling them extra stuff, you are now a consultant, a maybe a business manager. And those are titles that come naturally. So you set yourself up, especially when you have you know multiple citizenships, because one company might power another company. Um, I'll tell you more offline if you want to know. But, you know, in America, you can't make too much money or they'll take it. So you might need to go make another company and build it up and and say, hey, this is what this money is going to. And we're all in the same area, but it's different companies, different places. Sometimes it's not even you being a majority owner. You put your your wife on when you get there, you know, in in seven to 10 years, I'll say. You put your kids on and let them bubble and, and, you know, learn the business. But um, that's what you, you know, since, because you want to be anywhere you want to be. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship and the type of business that I'm in. I have businesses that are dormant that I'd have to like really be there you know, and I, I'd, I'd love to own a restaurant, but until I find that right chef that I can just invest in, I'm not trying to be at the restaurant every day. I'm not trying to be anywhere but my house looking at my kids and my wife every day. That's all I, only place I really want to have to be. So I just throw that out there when you start putting your capability statements together and when you structure and read all the books. I got a book every week. I got a new book for you if you ever want a book. And you just put that game and say, I, I want, I'm free is what you're really looking for. Advertising is just what you're calling it. But you just want the freedom to do what you need to do. That's what I take, at least. That's what yeah. I hear when I hear that. No, no, definitely. Whatever, it doesn't have to necessarily be specifically only advertisements. And I completely agree with that. Like I, again, like if opportunities knocking at my door, I'd be foolish not to take it or just like an opportunity. And I think that's one of my biggest qualities that I I love about, I love about myself is just like, even if I don't feel like I'm ready to do something, I'll still do it. Um, and just jump at that. And, uh, I wish more people would do it because it's like it's you have a cool story even if it doesn't work out it's like no one's it's it's like when I first started applying for jobs I thought it like all of like every little thing had to be perfect and if this wasn't perfect I would not get the job where it's like just shoot shoot that shot shoot that shot like I I kind of like a lot of the times like just um use analogies in all aspects of my life, like, and I compare it to basketball, like, for me, like, there's so many comparisons. It's like, if I'm at the half half court line, and I'm just shooting a shot, of course, it's not going to go in. But if I keep shooting that shot, it's eventually going to go in. And then I'll understand, like, oh, no, let me just position myself here and actually get closer to the basket. Because I've learned this knowledge of shooting that shot and, uh, like, how to shoot that shot, then, then it's going to go in more consistently and just um doing that when it comes to business too and positioning yourself in different ways and oh i did did a meeting like this and they perceived me like this uh how can i position myself better so what i would also do 
in general, like when I was interviewing was record myself, like again, using technology, record myself and use the voice memos app and like listen to my um, interviews again. And it's like, if I made a mistake or I didn't understand this question, go back. Or like, if I sounded hesitant answering a question, it's like, you'd rather sound like, you know what you're saying <laughs> than just like be hesitant about it. So it's, it's kind of that on my Instagram, I have um, my bio's delusional confidence. And a lot of the times, like, the confidence will take you to places that you couldn't imagine. You might not even have the skill, but it's like if you can present yourself and just carry yourself and just fully own your being, um, the opportunities are, are endless, endless. Yeah. I, I definitely understand when you open your mind to, you know, take the red pill and live that life. But I will tell people, cause somebody young will hear you and I've have, uh, some young team members that we've had to correct throughout the, the decades of doing this type of business. You know what you know, but I tell people it's okay if you don't know. And I'd rather you, especially when speaking mm. on my name, to say, I don't know, but I can find out rather than assume. Because when you talk to somebody who really knows, They'll ask you yeah. what the next question is, and then they'll make you look like a jack leg. And nobody wants to look like that. And the scriptures tell us too much information, man. It can make, go, make you go insane. You don't want to know every single thing. Leave some knowledge for some people. I don't know what Cardi B is doing or Lizzo. I got people who let me, they keep me informed, but I don't know. I don't really want to know. And I nothing bad about them. It's just they live in a, a world that's not in my bubble. You know, it's just not it's not even anything that I would find. It's like if you're a, a cognac drinker and somebody tries to give you a beer, like I drink cognac or I drink gin too. I drink it all, folks. If you want to send me a gift or come on the show and give me alcohol, like High Castle Gin did, shout out to them. Um, but, you know, it's okay not to know. And I know a lot of like elders, 65 and over, they say, you guys think you know everything. And I'm like, you millennials. And I'm like the start of millennial. Like I'm hanging at the start, the birth of millennials. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, it's not that we know everything, but these computers, I would break things to build them back. And these computers opened up knowledge that you just haven't explored. Plus, Miles Monroe told us, read a book a week, see how that changes your life. And it does change your life. Sometimes I got to force myself to listen to a book or literally read a book but the knowledge that i have that's going to make me ten thousand dollars at least this week and that's why i'm playing that game you talked about a poker game you ever seen that matt damon movie um rounders no i have i've heard of it but i haven't seen it no. oh you gotta watch that 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 will show you the difference between a young person and then the elder trying to put the young person on young person's willing to take all the risk the elder is trying to pay bills mortgages i think hashesh said mm. rent school for my kids <laughs> you know you're trying to live this pipe dream he told the kid and try to go to vegas i'm showing you how to make a living and neither one is yeah. wrong you just got to be, you know, as an entrepreneur, you got to be willing to be broke. You got to be willing to be homeless, especially in the beginning, if you're going to put it all on the line, which I don't recommend people do that. It's okay to have a job yeah. until you're there where you 
surpassed your job or if you're like me you know you're not going to last more than two and a half years at this job because you have ideas and the boss you know no matter who the boss is they're gonna look at you like you ain't gonna make it you ain't gonna make it and it's i don't want to make it (laughs) yeah go ahead i i would say this to people too like it's like if you if you have a vision to being um so for me, it's like advertising. I want to explore this path and I don't know where that's going to lead me, but it's like, I can position myself at an advertising agency, which I'm currently at right now, learning the skills. Like a lot of people don't do that. They'll, they'll take on jobs um, where you're not learning anything. You're not learning anything. Like if you had to, st- like, if I had to stay at this job for the next four years, I can, first of all, like you can, I can climb ranks and learn skill that's going to take me places. And it's like, I'm developing myself as a person. A lot of people, at least when they, uh, when they get job, they'll get like any job. And it's like, you'd rather position yourself to get a job where you're learning a skill or you you're able to have the free time to learn a skill. It's like finding that balance. And like looking back at like myself, I'd be like, yeah, I obviously I'm still young, but there's so many, ways you can do that and it's like if you if you want to be an entrepreneur it's like best ways have a mentor that's someone who's making it or like in the process of doing it and if you can get paid like like join a startup and see what that process is like and like fully get into that and see the is this like some people genuinely aren't cut out to be an entrepreneur like and you have to go through that you have to get beat down like you're gonna get beat down I've been beat getting uh, gone beat down like doing sales calls getting rejected over and over again like even where i'm at right now like the journey that it took me to get there i was um i was working at this company um selling um office supplies door to door but i got i got tricked i I I, they they played the game on me and i thought it was going to be a marketing company this was literally a year ago, January, and I like quit something else to do this job. And I'm like, put all my ba- like eggs in a basket to do this job. And it's like, I didn't know the game of, of applying for jobs. And I didn't know of like researching the company. Like, what do they actually do? Like, what does their website look like? And I just, I was, ex- I was excited. I'm like, damn, I got a marketing job. And it's like, it wasn't actually a marketing job. And then I had to We've buy my book. I had to bite my bullet and um, yeah, <laughs> but we, it's like don't, people don't, get... don't feel yeah. bad. We've all been there. We've, I mean, so many folks have you, you, cause the way they position it in the, I'll say for the newspaper, cause it was back in them days. You're like, no, you said it's PR or even online. I've seen people say PR or marketing. And I'm like, that's vector. Vector doesn't do P- yeah. PR marketing. You are the PR marketing door to door are calling. So yeah, we've been there. The difference for me, I was blessed to be around entertainment in California. And I was blessed just to, you know, be like nothing special. Like I didn't know anybody, but I remember speaking to a group of like 10 of us and we're going around for Wilhelmina. For those of you who remember the modeling agency, I believe it's still strong, but they used to have people who are lawyers. I talked to a brother. He was 
15, 20 years older than me. He was a lawyer. And I'm like, hey, this doesn't sound about right. He's like, nah, it's some bull, but just hang around. We're trying to learn something in this day that you and I are going to be here. Because I'm not doing this. I'm a lawyer. I'm like, you're a lawyer? And he in San Francisco. And he was like, yeah, but we're trying to get in. Now, this is like Backstreet Boys kind of time, right? So Wilhelmina and all them, I believe, were connected and they were selling us on something. But don't feel bad because that's an experience. Feel bad if you get fooled twice. That's when you feel bad. Like, I didn't ask yeah. the right questions. That's, that's when you kick yourself because it's just like dating. You know, you might have one bad relationship. You might have one good one. But the thing about it is not everybody's cut out for, to be a husband. You got to be able to be responsible for the whole ship. And it's not a lot of men nowadays, especially in America, who are even groomed to need to take care of the whole ship. Not meaning that she might make more money than you, you know, at some point. But you still got to be able to be cool with that and take care of the whole ship. Whether you make no money or you got, you know, a uh, hundred million dollars of Bitcoin stash somewhere, but, and you can't so you mean, act it. So what do you, huh? go ahead. What do you mean when you say take care of the whole ship, then so, just like take care of, so I'll go for it. I'm a, yeah, I'm a semi-pro date doctor Four couples connected, married, right? I, when I tell guys, when you, whether you are working at the gas station and your woman might be making more money. That's a very, that, that's common. But you still, she might make more money than you. You still have to be able to pay the bills. And if you guys combine your money, which I always recommend people to do if they're doing life together, you guys combine the money, but you should still take care of the bills because naturally, you know, for men, that's, like our place, right? We got to, uh, and she might be better than budgeting. Let me, let me flip it. If she's better than budgeting, you should still know how this ship operates. The captain doesn't do everything, but he should at least have common knowledge of if this thing breaks mm. in the bow, I know how to fix it. If there's a leak here, I know how to fix it. I might not be the one fixing it, but I at least can instruct you or tell you who should. So I've only dated educated smart women even when i was you know a teenager all the women around me were brilliant geniuses i still you might beat me in one area but i still have to be able to take care of the ship and take care of the waves in the ship because most women are, are emotional more emotional than men and you should be able to see that wave of emotion coming if you got an emotional woman you know i can see the wave coming my father-in-law says i can see more sitting down that you can see standing up on this table. I think that's a cold line. You know, that's that Cameroon uh, game right there. But uh, represent fully for those who are watching. But that's that's where you got to be able to, you know, we, we hear high value man. And I know, you know, I know a lot of influencers, so I don't have to name drop for what I do in life. But there's nothing wrong with being high value, but your paycheck ain't, ain't what makes you high value. And, and if everything yeah. else isn't taken care of, because people think, oh, I made six figures. Like I've seen and I've talked to plumbers. Oh, I made six figures. I'm a high value man. No, a plumber ain't never been a high value man. But I tell you what is an entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur plumber and you can be very high, high, high value. Right. But you can't be working for somebody else 
in the, in the poop of things. And just because you made six figures, think you can come home and tell a woman whatever you want to tell her and she got to listen. First of all, your own kids don't listen to you like that. If you're being honest, you know, these are people you're dealing with. So you have to set up a system to where Papa shouldn't have to beat you because if Papa come in and raise his voice, you guys already know you messed up. That's game tight. You can't get that game yeah. on Skid, Skid Row or Figueroa. And I know something about it so I can talk about it in multiple ways. Like, and that's the beauty of what I do. You can't tell me, oh, because you don't understand the struggle. You don't know me. I'll tell you the struggle. I'll tell it to you. But I'll also tell you what it is to, you know, kick back in luxury as a kid because I got the best of both worlds. So, you know, I, I just throw that out there when you do get relationships are a lot like business. You need to be upfront yeah. who you are and honest. And then you also need to tell somebody, no, nah, I don't do that. And that's not what we do around me. And if you want to do that stuff, you're more than welcome. The door is out there. Tira la puerta. You know, yeah. in case because some some tell me you might have a Spanish mommy or two in the in the Rolodex in the phone. So you know you gotta have that Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I um I have a girlfriend now, and it's yeah. This is my first like serious relationship. It's it's honestly been amazing because I was I was so picky in choosing like the right kind of woman, and like I I feel like. People don't, um, and this is speaking for like most people. Most people are just willing to tolerate a whole bunch of stuff, and they don't set boundaries, like clear and cut boundaries of this is what I'm not willing to tolerate, and this is what I am. And like if if you cross that boundary, like cool, I like I'm 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 gonna go and like just like voicing that, even sometimes voicing that. Um, and just being honest, but uh, yeah, as you're, I completely agree. Like most most guys aren't honest with it, and they're just they're scared. They they're in the scarcity mindset when it comes to all facets of their life. They're they're scarce. They're scarce in their money. They're scarce in the way that they carry themselves, and they don't believe that they could potentially get another woman. They don't believe that they could get another client. Like it's like that belief in yourself. So like before it comes to the um, um the woman or the business like avenue that you're chasing it's like what belief do you have in yourself and that's like why i'm like always rooted in meditation and like i've i've been praying way more like um like with god i don't i don't go to church as much but um i'm building my relationship with god and just building that personal relationship in in prayer and just getting more in tune with myself like journaling and because you you can't it's like your home has to be clean and your home is like your your brain inside has to be clean before you can even do anything out in the world and help the world and just make the world a better place because i i would constantly try to do that like put people on game but it's like no one's going to trust me like when i haven't um showed the results or they feel like they haven't showed the results like now like when i speak um it holds dividends. I can, I can feel the feeling. It's, it's a complete, completely different feeling because it's, it's like, I'm putting it into reality, but like that shift didn't happen for me until I um, just like fully started getting more in tune with myself. And don't get me wrong. It's a forever evolving journey. It's like, that's life. Like you're, 
you're going to be forever evolving. But it's like, if you don't put that effort and like work on your mental health and like fully dive into it and like dive into the way that you're feeling, just observing yourself and like not judging your thoughts and trying these different avenues. Like there's this thing called Kundalini yoga. I did it yesterday. I don't know if you've ever done it or heard of it, Um, but it's amazing, like amazing stuff. Um, it, It primarily focuses on like breath work. And when you're doing this breath work, like nothing else matters in that moment. And you're doing like the most, if you search Kundalini yoga for 15 minutes, you're going to do some of the, like this weird breath work where you're like sticking your arms up, your tongues out. You're like, you're probably going to be like, like, what the hell am I doing? You After you can get in, in tune with your body in that way, you just feel amazing. You feel like a kid again. Like I've, I've cried like doing Kundalini yoga because it's, it just like brings out that uh, suppressed emotion that's been beat down because it's like, even with what we're speaking about now, like woman and money, I think this is all surface level stuff at the end of the day, if you're asking me, like, cause it goes deep, it like it, it cuts deeper. Um, and when you go deeper, like it's all, it's the, it's like, you have to, f- form your structure and your structure is yourself and your being and just the way that you think what are your morals like what are my morals and I know I I want to be honest with myself and with other people and the integrity that I have with myself like if I if I say I'm going to do something if I say I'm going to be on this recording at three like I'm there if I can't make it then I'm going to message you before if I can't do these things it's like these little things matter and people forget that like no matter what like race you are no matter kind of person you are it's like i i hate this it's like people speak about like black people time like fuck that (laughs) like excuse my friend but um we need a black people time needs to be represented as on time now like why does it have to be like black people always late and i think these are things that stereotypes that are funny but the truth is like most jokes have like a funny truth to it and it's like sometimes we need to mitigate these stereotypes and like the there needs to be a new stereotype it's like asians are always doctors and indians are always lawyers and and like i want that to be black you don't hear that as a stereotype for black people and it's like i want that stigma to change you know what i mean yeah i feel you i feel you but we we can't um you know people are gonna catch up some are gonna be stuck in the mustard you were talking about you know, the, the yoga, I'm not a yogi at all, but I do get down and they do have it on Peloton. And I just do like 15 minutes at a time because, you know, yoga is kind of like, if you've ever done Billy Blanks, you look at Billy Blanks, they're like, man, I'm gonna do this Billy Blanks, what Billy Blanks got on me. And then you get into like a yoga or even a bar class and you say, man, I'm getting whooped right now. TRX or something is whooping me. Like, how is this yoga whooping me? And I'm a pretty flexible cat, but it can get you have you start sweating and you know, depending on what you're doing. So I t- I'm taking it very yeah. slow because I want to get up to Russell Simmons status on the yoga, you know, and 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 just be in meditation for, for yeah. hours, but I'm not there yet at, at all. I'm nowhere close. <laughs> so I, I get you. I, I I definitely get you. But it's not, it's not even like yeah, it's not even like within um, 
like doing it for hours because I'm not even at that stage. I wouldn't say I'm like like there. But with Kundalini yoga specifically, you don't have to be at a certain like fitness level. There's so many things that you can do and your your, your body's going to feel like you've never felt before. It's not a traditional yoga when you're doing poses or anything like that. Um, I would encourage like anyone to do it. Kundalini, like search it up, Kundalini yoga and do it for 15 minutes. If you don't feel a chemical imbalance, like change in your body, you're mentally going to feel happier and but just like fully embrace like what whatever you're doing when you do it whatever feelings that are coming up like i i've had moments where i'm like uncontrollably crying and as like men and just in general you're told like you're not supposed to cry and i think it's like i think personally for myself when i have those uncontrollable like crying outbursts it's because i maybe have suppressed that where i felt Mm -hmm. like i needed to cry and i just didn't do it Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let let that out. Um, you're gonna have me searching because I think I know and have experience. But I'm Nico on Peloton. I believe she has that. But I'm gonna be searching it up. If you you know somebody hear about it or know something about it on Peloton, let me know. I'm gonna Google it anyway. But I yeah. I I'm just a big uh, big trying to get back into shape in case Mayweather is giving away some more millions to fight. I can be at the right weight to, to get right with them. Yeah. The, the, you talk about the, the surface stuff, you know, and then going deep and, and in dating as a young person. And, and it's like, I'm in South Florida where, you know, BBLs are everywhere. You might bump into somebody in line. They'd be like, what was that hard booty? Like, why was, why was it so hard? And then you think, oh, that was a cement, you know, buttocks. How important are you and people, do you think in your age, putting on looks? Because the scriptures say beauty fades. And having done life with somebody for 20 years, knowing her from college and still having friends from, you know, back in the day, I'm like, man, we all look pretty good, you know, but are people putting more on the looks than the the vibe of the person? And if something happens to you, God forbid, that person will actually be in the hospital to at least, you know, tell the doctors, nah, keep, keep them going. Like where, where's the shallowness in the ages of, you know, the young twenties right now? I would say, I would say, I think it's gone worse because of social media, Instagram, even the dating apps. Like I I've been on the dating apps, like hinge Tinder, and you're the first thing that you're looking at is the way someone looks. And like nine times, like eight times, I'll say, yeah, nine times out of 10, they don't look exactly how they look in those photos, mm-hmm. regardless. Um, and as you said, yeah, beauty is going to fade. Um, but I, I think, truthfully speaking, you, 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 do, you want someone that you're physically attracted to. You, 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 mm-hmm. need, you, need, a, you need some sort of a, a balance, I think, personally. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I didn't think my girlfriend was pretty like yeah, we wouldn't want you to like, say that we wouldn't want you to say that at all like no nah, i don't care what she looked like no nah, we don't want you exactly. to say that yeah, no. yeah man that, that that'd be a lie and anyone who says that is not like probably lying to you like completely but um 
I do agree. Like you need, you need to have deeper conversations um, just in life in general. And like, I went through this training. It was an emotional intelligence training, um, 2020, October. And it, it's basically you diving into like who Kellen is as a person and then like going into your childhood traumas and they just ask you so you do it in a group of people and you you're interacting with this group and they eventually um just become your your family and you connect on such a deeper level um just because of the questions that are asked like you opening up and just trusting these other people that you're doing this training with and you you get in tune with like, why do I behave in a certain way? And like, like, cause sometimes like we, we, we have the story that we tell ourselves, like Kellen is this type of person. Like you, you have this identity and you like hold on to this identity and you want to hold on to it forever. But it, it doesn't, you don't need to let go of it, but I don't know what, I, for, I forgot what this one quote was, but this, your identity and ego and pride, like all these things can be the death of you because you'll fight so hard to with maintain and withhold this energy. So it's like if Kellen is this rich man, he's he's been perceived as this rich man, and like you're not, like people go through like ego deaths and that is their whole world and they're that's how they they saw themselves. So it's like you gotta be able to just accept that that might not be your reality anymore and not being attached to that identity because pride kills people all the time on the daily. And it's just, it's just frustrating. So I, again, the open mindedness, um, I'm, I love when I, when people tell me I'm wrong because it's like, it's an opportunity for me to learn. That's how I look at it. And a lot of people don't view it the same way or even like, when I'm being challenged, quote unquote, like confrontation is good. It like, it teaches you how to debate and just, you're not getting a surface level response and you're diving deeper. As I said before, you're going to get to the root of who this person is. And yeah, I just, I just love that. I I like that. Yeah. I like that. And I like that you did it in a training, which, you know, maybe it was for work. Maybe it wasn't dealing in mental health for a decade. I went to many trainings and I, the best one that I can think of was a verbal jujitsu class because dealing with people who, you know, addicts um, and kids who are addicts and they're trying to still figure it out, but knowing what addiction looks like, cause you're like, I grew up in the eighties. I know what that looks like. You want something and I want you off of it. Cause I really want you on this business and this money. Like that's my, that's my drug, you know, business. And how do we make someone money? Cause I don't want you to clock in the rest of your life. But you said pride kills. Let's go to Proverbs people, you know, pride. <laughs> then comes the disgrace you know um you will be humbled if you're full of pride how people look at me and this is a problem for some i could care less like you know you want people to respect you but when they say hey how much money did you guys make last year one i'm from oakland we don't we, we make nothing what you talking about what are you talking about that i make so you trying to take it 
but I'm never caught up in my position or my titles because tomorrow I could go, you know, open up a trucking company or even work for a trucking company if the right opportunity came and I still have my CDL from when I had a trucking company and before that it was in the oil field and before that shuffling dirt before that working for Pepsi for a couple months because nobody would hire a new driver. But I tell people, especially young people, if you want to make money, you know, I had a master's degree and plenty of debt until I jumped in the oil field in the worst part of my life thus far, hopefully it'd be the worst ever, but I made $10,000 minimum two weeks on two weeks off. And if we stayed an extra, you know, couple of days, <laughs> the checks are looking even sweeter. If you want to stay a month, so, even sweeter. Hmm? So what were you doing? What were you oh, doing in the oil business? Saber Energy. Um, we were titrating water to put the scientific um, point on it because I wasn't that good in science. So I said, titrating water, I'm, I'm on it, right? But we were basically cleaning the, the water on the frack pad so everybody else could be pumping and, you know, killing this earth. And, and, and shout out to my friend Vitaly who put me on. We went to truck driving school together. And he was like, I just like you. And I, I think, you know, if you're only making that money over there, he was showing me $20,000 checks he was making, you know, and, and doing it with ease. He's it's an, it's a, they call it an old man's oil field job, but really you just have to know that it exists. I, you know, anyone listening out there, Saber Energy, you can Google it and you can do your homework. Um, it's not difficult. You need a CDL and you need to be able to, you know, put the liquid in the beaker. Now you are driving a bomb driven wrong will blow up and you probably won't be here but that's why you have you go through the training and that amount of money getting it and I only was able to do it for a short time but I was able to buy my own truck and I was able to do my own thing at the right time and you know pay some bills that had to be paid um so you know there's plenty of ways of making money it's not about the money. It's about your purpose and what you want to do for the short term. What we're doing now with my wife and I, we talked about in Grambling 20 years ago doing. We had those conversations. We were in therapy 20, you know, 20 years ago. She's like, hey, I got to go see a therapist. Will you come with me? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I, you know, I probably need one, but I'm, I'm black. I ain't yeah. trying to go up in there, you know, and just learning. And now I have a therapist. I can't wait to talk to him you know, every week, I can't wait. But it's, um, it's, it's plenty, like never get caught up in the, this is what I'm doing. Cause I've McDonald's, <laughs> two days at McDonald's. I only lasted two days, y'all. So sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but, but I, 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 I've had like people go on my LinkedIn and they're like, why do you put all those jobs? Just put the stuff that sounds sexy. I don't want to just show you that. I want to show you the struggle because I didn't know how I was going to get here. I just knew if I kept pushing. And now I read books that say, just get better. One percent, one percent. I don't want to work for anybody the rest of my life. Um, okay, learn how to make $3,000 a month and let it, you know, just be on auto. Then learn how to do it again and again. Learn what Bitcoin was. Learn what crypto was. We only got into crypto. And I don't talk about like the ins and outs of crypto because the rules keep changing. But we got into crypto because we didn't have no money. 
and we couldn't on our parents' card if they even gave us a card. We couldn't order everything we wanted. So you had to use the school's power. <laughs> I'm not going to say which school. Uh, and you had to mine and do your thing. And you had to learn what the, yeah. the, the proxy was and the dark web was because some things you could only get on the dark web. And it wasn't just murder drugs. You know, I'm not a customer in that way. No bueno. That's, that's, in, that's interesting. But I, like you, even you speaking about all the different things that you did, it it goes to what I was saying of traveling because even traveling with within itself, like you, you doing those things had like came with like putting in like a lot of mental effort or what, what other people would perceive as a lot of mental effort and a lot of hard work and a lot of struggle. But I, the reason why I always like speak about travel and going back to travel is it teaches you that in itself. Like if, if I go to um, like Dallas, Texas right now, if I go to Alabama right now, I'm going to be forced to, not forced, but I'm going to be placed in a different environment. I'm going to have different conversations that I'm having compared to LA. And that in of itself is going to teach me a new type of skill and a new way to adapt. And um, I think that people like would view travel that way and just like, just like go out in public today and just like, instead of you going to the grocery store and not speaking to anyone, like speak to the teller lady that you probably see a couple of times, like ask her about like what's going on now, or just like ask her about her family. I remember there was this teller lady and I I'm definitely going to do this one day because it blew my mind that she was still like working there. Um, I said, I was going to give her crypto speaking about that, um, like XRP. Cause she was telling me about it. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. And I like knew about, Mm -hmm like what she was saying and she's like oh my son's into this and i'm like i'm gonna come back here and if you're still working here i will give you five thousand dollars in like xrp I, I don't know i love like doing that type of stuff and this was like in an old like neighborhood that i stayed in um in la i don't know what made me go to that ralph's but i went back to that ralph's and she was yeah she was there and i'm like she was there like three years before like doing the exact same job and it's like an older lady too and i'm just like for, for me, that in itself, I'm like, I personally would not want my grandma to be like doing that, like not put, putting up with that, but just be within that struggle. Because I asked her like, what was like, what's your dream? Or like, what do you want to, like, if you could travel in there, where, where would it be? And she was telling me like the Bahamas and she hasn't had the money uh, to do it. And I'm just like that, like that right there. I'm like, I, I would love to change change that for uh, for everyone because a lot of people haven't traveled and I've been blessed with the opportunity to travel to like right there I have like this world map it's like a scratch map of like different places that I've been to and like anyone who comes to my room it's like I've been to 12 I think over 20 countries maybe now I don't know but um and they see that and they're like damn like that's cool even like when I look at it I'm like damn like that in of in it of itself is experience, and I I want people to do that, like experience the world more because I know what it's done for me in my perspective. And like for example, when I go to Nigeria, um, or just when I go to Africa in general, I am I'm blessed with the fact. Like so, I'll I'll speak to what my dad does like. 
in Nigeria, there's th things called load shedding and like power outages that happen. Power outages you, people would be more familiar with. And you have to use a generator. Um, Americans, for the most part, have never heard of like what a generator is or turning on a generator and consuming electricity. Like probably right now, I have my fan going on right now. I don't know how many watts energy that is, but literally there's people that will use that amount of en energy consistently to power on their lights um, for the whole day. And that's all they're using just to do their homework, like little stuff like that. And when I hear stories of people doing that, then I come back to America. I'm like, I can go in the bathroom and literally drink out of my tap water. In Nigeria, you can't go and drink out of your tap water freely because you have to use bottled water. Like little stuff like that. It's like putting game on that. But it's like, I can, uh, like my, my, our house in Nigeria, we can do that because my dad like used like borehole wa water for himself. And it's like, he's self-efficient like now. And um, his company uh, right now, he has like a few, but like one of his uh, main companies is a solar energy like company and it co combines like wind turbines and solar panels. Um, and the house like right now in Lagos is like fully efficient. We don't need the government power, which is uh, NEPA. That's like the power, um, the government power company. That's what it's called. We're fully like he's fully self-efficient. Like we don't need the government. Like if the if there was a crisis happening in the world, we'd be fine. Like in terms of electricity and all of that. But, but that works in Africa. In America, what sucks? And correct me if I'm wrong, because not every place is different. But you remember the pictures I showed you on WhatsApp for the project we're building? We can yeah. do solar on like one part of the house, but we'd have to flip the whole roof, right? But solar in Africa, you're off the grid, off the grid. Here in America, in yeah. your neighborhoods, if you want to do solar, they're telling you, you know, it starts at $40,000 and you still have to be on the grid. So you're never fully off. So I'm like, why would you off even grid, do yeah. that? Yeah, why would you even do that? And America's ripping you off, where in Africa, you just, hey, I'm, I'm doing me. You know, in the borehole, you can give that water away too, folks. It, God gave it to us, you know, it, it cost you maybe 3000 3500 at most to put it, help the neighbors when they need water. I'm just throwing that out there because that's not a big project to do. Government should really be, let me watch what I say. Government should really be telling, hey, who wants to do a good project? Who wants to, you know, um, uplift your people, even if it's just in your neighborhood? Because those are the yeah. things that me and mine and people I know are doing. Let's make a borehole for the community. Let's give them water. It's mm -hmm. water. And we got to, that's how we make sure we don't get robbed where we go, right? Whether it's um, doing good deeds, if you believe, you know, in karma, or if it's just the plug doesn't get got because you are the plug. Even the gangsters understand that. Even the idiot knows, man, if I do something to him, my mama might not be able to get water tomorrow. <laughs> you know, that, that, that alone, yeah. I might not like him. He might've talked to my <laughs> girlfriend in a way that made her smile, but that, that's what it is. And we should do more of that. But the, the reason why I, I bring up like the solar mm. and I'm, I'm not saying it, it wouldn't work, up, work out in America. I think people overuse 
electricity and we forget how like that's not common in the rest of the world like generally most of the world that's that's not a like a given and for us in most of america that's a that's a given like for the way most people are living and like those little things that you take for granted um people complaining yeah i don't know it's like people complaining about just so many things that i could get into they they you just take for granted the smallest things but it's it's like also understanding especially for black people in america like black americans understanding how beautiful africa is and how many resources are out there and if we people and i I'm going to, I'm saying this now and people may, may go back and look at this exact interview and maybe be inspired by the change that I, I've created in the future. Because like one of my goals is to have, um, uh, it's going to be called Kaizen Foundation. Um, and I want kids to just travel from like all walks of life and just have different experiences in that way. And because I, I think money isn't the root of all evil, but if everyone had like money or like the ability to create money for themselves in all different aspects of life. Like literally if I'm sure, I don't know if you heard of 419, like in Nigeria, like it's this not scam. a crime. Yeah. It's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's like, if they were put on with different opportunities, how, like how smart do you have to be? I don't know if you heard about the one, um, like 419 scam where the guy sold someone a whole airport strip of land you are you talking about the real yeah. 419 or in the movie within kim owa when he, he he tells the guy this is the airport and it's named after you know and he's he's just giving him a whole bunch of so. in the airport in nigeria the, the 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 president was dead by then and he was saying how this is his friend but the i think it was an indian man but if that's the if that's the the movie i i, I get it but 419 didn't start in nigeria and it didn't start in africa uh, i don't want to go i don't want to go there but oh, if y'all yeah. want to know no, yeah I'll tell you the, no, the, the no, slave trade and, and a whole bunch of other things that no, were 419 yeah. and uh they didn't you yeah, know didn't. no no yeah. it, it it didn't it, it didn't no it did not start in africa but i'm saying like the the people's ability to like think in like that many creative ways and just the way that people are hustling out there um oh like it's it's on a different level it's it's on a different level and people's mentality like just so so smart so smart like i was speaking to um, um somebody who worked for my dad and i was telling him about like all the software that i know and like um just like like youtube videos like where i learned like so many things on the internet and he's like damn like i wish i had like the the um the gigabytes like to to research the stuff online cuz it's like internet isn't like a given like it is here like unlimited data. Like I, I take that for granted all the time. And that's like something I was like, damn, like this guy, like this guy is so smart. He, he's like building machines where he, he just like learned that off like secondhand knowledge. He wasn't an engineer or any of this stuff. Uh, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's just opportunity. I love that you 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 answered my signature question of, you know, what's your community give back? You, you just mentioned it. Um, with 
how we're living and how we have internet at the tip of our fingertips all day. Um, I remember when data was really expensive in South Africa. Some may argue and say it is still, but 15 years ago, it, it really sucked, especially trying to text Channel O, somebody happy birthday while, while you know, watching Channel O. Um, but what do you think once South Africa, once Nigeria gets internet like we have in America and it's fast, is there any stopping one? Africans from going to the next level to for the rest of the world, you know, even black Americans to run to Africa to say, why would I not be here? This is the place to be. This is where you can have a conversation for hours with a stranger and even join your tables at the restaurant. And it's not looked at as weird or, oh man, you're too close. Like, what do you think about the future of Africa tech, especially Wi-Fi? wifey everything that it's called throughout the world yeah i I would say like wi-fi and specifically nigeria and south africa like it's already it's it's here it's like it's there but i i think the expense issue that you're talking about it's like too expensive for the the average person to actually like afford it and use it but once it gets to um and i'd also say this everything that works so it's like everything that works in America won't exactly work in Nigeria. And like we, we mm-hmm. a lot of people try come in and implement things instead of speaking to the locals and try like integrating it. So it might not look, it might not look like Uber. I'm just giving an example, like a transport system it might not look exactly the same, but it'll be Zuta. Or I don't know, like some, it's like some other name, but just it'll function a little bit differently. But I think with crypto and like the metaverse and just those opportunities that are on the internet, like you don't even have to show your face uh, in this day and age and you can make millions of dollars. There's people that are doing it now. So I think it's, it's just endless the oppor- with, with all the opportunities that will be out there with, with tech in general. Um, and again, that's why I'm, understanding and learning advertising so I can advertise for my dad's um, companies like his solar energy company and just like take it to the next level um, yeah it's like nah, it's all just kind of integrated it, yeah. but, but, and, and, and what I and what I say well we're so spoiled because you could be homeless here in America and still be given a phone you know Obama yeah. phones or whatever you want to call them and then you can get the Wi-Fi off the Starbucks right outside you know and it's it's not always you know some phones in African countries are you know somebody told me they looked at my phone they said oh we're gonna get that next uh next month or so and i'm like i've had this phone almost two years right and and this is you know this is the new new with the battery pack on it and all that but if the homeless in the least of these when they in africa can then start live streaming hey man i might be homeless today but check out your boy and da 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 and say it in all 11 12 languages in one country like south africa you know it can change the game because it you talk about millions it's made people buku money, not everybody. And you don't have to have a big crowd 
I try to tell people to make the money because this conversation we have, and you know, you're more than welcome to take this video and share it wherever you want on your platform. One person see it, the right person see it. Or I interview a millionaire every week on one of my platforms. I say, oh, that's my friend. We do business together when people ask. But I don't always let that stuff be known because I feel like too short sometimes. I ain't got to let you know everything I'm doing. I'm Al Heyman. I'm the young Al Heyman. I ain't got to let you know what I'm doing. You know, I'm the black Frank Sinatra. <laughs> you know, I'll let you know when I want you to know when I'm out and about. But I, I just see yeah. that we have to do all that we can to at least have our foots grounded you know, for me, it's businesses because I'm, I'm, I'm older and I'm thinking about my kids and I have to have footholds and homes that if something happens here in America or if I just am tired of America, which I'm very close to just being tired when I'm not in the beautiful South Florida, <laughs> uh, I just yeah. get tired of dealing with and hearing all the drama because it's not just that the racism, it's not just that, it's that some of our people who complain the most aren't even putting the work to make sure their index fund has anything in it. I talk to people, I'm not a financial counselor, but I am a business manager. And people say, how'd you learn about that? I said, because you can work at McDonald's and retire with a million dollars in America if you structure your life right. Can't have four kids doing it. You can't have four kids working at McDonald's doing it probably. But if you can structure your, your life and that's what we do, we get people organized and, you know, I've never had to advertise my business, not to say my business is, you know, the best of anything, but to me, it's worked for my life, but I've never advertised. I've had magazine ads because we worked with the magazine and they chose to, oh, we can't pay you everything you're asking for, but can we give you some ads? Cool. No problem. I love doing the work. That's what it's really about anyway. The money is like the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae. And it's like, oh, we get paid for this? Where are we going? We're going to Ethiopia? Oh, man, we get paid for this? Man, I'm about yeah. to ask all the priests the questions of why America and the West only has 66 Bibles, why they keep promoting Easter. And I can't find it in the Ethiopian Bible, which is the original. King James didn't create nothing. So I just like that's where my mm -hmm. mind goes when I get yeah. to travel. Because I get to learn, like you you mentioned. Yeah, even like you you speaking about that. My mom went to Spain. I think it was like two years ago with my brother. He's like a future soccer. player. I'm gonna have him on my my podcast. But future soccer player. Um, and they they went on a trip and they went to this museum. I know, uh, Spain's like famous for some of the cathedrals and just artwork that that that's in Spain, and some of the people and like the kings in the Spanish museums. Um, one of the ladies who was um, giving a tour to my mom and little brother, she was saying the paintings, like these people were darker of complexion and they made them lighter. Like they, these are things that people still to this day dispute um, and aren't aware of. And like, they're like, oh, that doesn't matter. Like it, it matters. Like why, like this is why people have like inferiority complexes and stigmas to certain things because the history was changed like my, my dad told me this like way long ago like history is like his story but it's like whose story like who actually told that story is it like is it like why man history because there's so many different 
like if, if if me and you watch a crime that happened right in front of us like right here um like let's say we were together and there was a crime that happened i would explain it in my version based on my perspective and my beliefs maybe who the person was what they look like what i've had in the past with that kind of person or stigma and i might get angrier yeah so it's like the way that people describe history has been changed and like even what's going on right now like in during these times like how that's going to be described and differently portrayed is just so interesting and i even like the way i I would i could go on like we need to speak about just like news and i don't know what you think about news and how africa is portrayed because it, it it frustrates me um how it's not fully the beauty isn't being shown like most people that think of Africa, they don't like one of my friends, I was telling him about like the properties that you can get in South Africa or even just in Nigeria. And they look amazing, like 15, uh, 15, $10 million, um, 10 million rand, which if you convert that divide by 15 in the US dollar, I think that's um, probably like $500,000 you can get mansions in South Africa for that price. And as like, I, I, like you were speaking to me about property. I think we had a call before this, like, and now I'm looking into getting myself property because it's, it's like, there's just so many opportunities in Africa to, to build. Even if you had to get a store, Airbnb and just like sit on your property, you could buy property for $5,000, $10,000. And this is like things that, people don't know and like truly in, invest in, in, in Africa. Uh, I would encourage people to travel and go there because it's, I, every time I go back to Africa, I'm just like, I know I'm going to be um, at home and just, just welcomed, like fully genuinely welcomed. Yeah. And, Even though and like, with that, yeah. With that, I, I can't give them too much game because I need them to go to the cultured YouTube and I needed them to see everything that you have there. Um, there was a video you had on there. Oh, it struck me. Um, what was it? It was the video. It, but um, oh, homeless for a day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to talk about it here. I'm not. I'm with that. People going to have to go see that video it's you know we joke about stuff like that or we say you know what one day we're going to jump on the train and just see where it goes you guys i want you guys to check it out i know the best conversation usually happens off air but that's just because i relax don't want to get my guests canceled i can't be canceled y'all can't cancel me i feel so free i can say whatever i want but if nothing else look in the description box if you're not already watching this on the cultured YouTube, because anybody can take this, do what you want. The game is to be shared. That's what we're supposed to do. I got to talk to my young bruv off air because I can't, I got to have y'all just go check out his YouTube. A good storyteller always keeps them wanting more. Y'all be blessed. Hi guys, I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well, and you would love to visit one day, or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course 
well put together by, by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.davidcifygame.com. Don't miss out.